Welcome to Weekly Wisdom from Jubilee Circle. We teach the common wisdom of love and unity that is found in all mainstream religions, metaphysical teachings, mysticism, and inspired secular and religious writers and teachers throughout the ages. Our goal is to help you connect with your higher divine self and transform from the inside out so you can become a force for love and transformation in the world. Each week, we bring you wisdom from our founding spiritual director, Reverend Candace Shalhoub, and other guest speakers. We hope you enjoy this week's words of wisdom. So whenever we plan a trip, imagine you're planning a trip. You're going to look at the routes that you want to take, you know, how you want to get there. What's the fastest? What's the easiest? Usually we're looking for the shortest one to get us there the quickest. We lay out our plans. We map out our schedules. We set, the, we set off in the direction of our goal. And then something unexpected happens. Traffic accident stops us. Detours take us away from our planned destination for a while. And we end up sort of focusing on the scenic route. <laughs> there are myriad interruptions that we face on our journeys for any given destination. And if this happens in the physical world, it happens in the spiritual world maybe doubly so. Delays, dead ends, detours, they're all the things that we encounter on our spiritual journey. And we may feel like we're humming along. Woo, I'm making progress. I'm getting all spiritual. I'm growing in my awareness and my knowledge and my joy. And then, oh, we come to a stop. Or we feel like we're even backing up. Oh, I was making, you know, it's one step forward and two steps back. Oh, no. So what's happening here? Things were going so well. And then... Delays, detours, dead ends. Whether we're on the road out here in a car or the road within, whenever we feel stuck, whenever we feel like things have stopped, we have choices. We can turn around, we can go home. We can check the map, sort out a different path. We can make a different choice that may or or may not get us to our destination faster. But the whole idea of making choices, of choosing again, is that... Eventually, we arrive at a sense of peace, knowing that we're not in control, we're being controlled by some sinister force. Instead, jubilance, we are always co-creating with this universe. And in truth, in truth, we are never really stuck. We're always just at constant choice points along our journey. And this is when we got to breathe deeply, listen closely, choose again until we make that choice that makes us say, Oh, yeah. yeah. Hear these wise and holy words. From the Jesus story, Matthew six thirty three, Strive first for the realm of God and God's righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. From A Course in Miracles, chapter 15, Everything in this world is little, because it is a world made out of littleness, in the strange belief that littleness can content you. When you strive for anything in this world in the belief that it will bring you peace, you are belittling yourself and blinding yourself to glory. Littleness and glory are the choices open to your striving and your vigilance. You will always choose one at the expense of the other. Yet, what you do not realize each time you choose is that your choice is your evaluation of yourself. Choose littleness and you will not have peace. For you will have judged yourself unworthy of it. And whatever you offer as a substitute is much too poor a gift to satisfy you. It is essential that you accept the fact and accept it gladly 
that there is no form of littleness that can ever content you. You are free to try as many as you wish, but all you will be doing is to delay your homecoming. For you will be content only in magnitude, which is your home. From the Buddhist teacher Tara Brock, being aware of our intention changes the quality of our relationships with ourselves, with others, with our world. And our regrets come from the parts of our life where we are caught in intentions that caused suffering and that we weren't conscious of our deepest intentions. We didn't live aligned. Intention is the seed that determines our behaviors and creates our experience. The power of intention is that you can set it in the present. You can align your life right here and now, planting the seeds for the future. As the Zen masters say, the most important thing is remembering the most important thing. What is our life dedicated to? These are wise and holy words. Thanks be to the holy. All creation is holy word. All creation speaks volumes of the holy. Hallelujah. I grew up in what was then a small town about 35 miles outside of Atlanta. To me, back in when I was a kid, you know, Atlanta was this ginormous, intimidating, really intimidating place. Wow. And I recall at the tender age of 16, you know, my the license wasn't even dry yet, basically. I drove to this show at the Fox Theater. And I recall being petrified, first by the interstate, oh my God, yeah, <laughs> which is always like a raceway in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. And then the traffic downtown, going in for a concert. It was like a big concert. And so it was nerve wracking. In my 20s, I moved to the big city. And I quickly learned that I didn't know my way around. And one of the things that Atlantans will tell you is that you need to know six different ways to get anywhere because one or, one, or, one or five of them are going to be blocked at any given moment. <laughs> so you need to know all the back roads. You need, you need to know everything. But this was the 90s, and I didn't have a GPS. I had paper maps. <laughs> to, I didn't even have MapQuest to print stuff out. I mean, I, it was, this, was, this was the Stone Age, people. <laughs> how did we get anywhere? And I had no idea how to get around the city. And that all changed one night when a friend of mine and I were out driving around. And I told her about how lost I felt in the city. She was driving me around. She wasn't from there either, so she learned herself herself how to get around and so she shared with me her secret about navigating Atlanta she said the tower and I said y uh, you mean the lesbian bar <laughs> there's a bar called the tower and she said yes that's that's exactly what I'm talking about and so <laughs> I'm confused see the tower it was one of our favorite haunts because it was a place that back then attracted a bunch of older butch women. It's where I would feel really comfortable right now. <laughs> but then I was 20, <laughs> 21. And my friend, my friend liked to go to the tower because she could hustle them at pool and give them some eye candy while she was at it. <laughs> so, so we go to the bar, we go to the tower a lot. But the, but the, the bar itself sat in the parking lot with a huge radio tower that was topped with a flashing light, which is why they called themselves the tower, because they were right by the tower. And then you could see that tower from just about any vantage point as you drove around Atlanta. 
And she said, you know where you are when we go to the tower, right? You understand. You understand how to get there. You can get there on your own. And I, and I said, yeah, I got that. She said, okay, so whenever you feel lost, look for the tower. You'll know where you are. And she was right. It was priceless advice. I, I, when I spotted the tower, I could get around Atlanta. I could do anything in Atlanta because I knew where the tower was. It could orient me. So the advice I have for you this morning is if you are feeling a bit lost, a bit stuck in your spiritual journey, navigate by the tower. In this instance, the tower is your magnitude. It is your higher divine self. And it is always blinking that bright red light of love. And it is always attempting to guide you away from this world of littleness and the futile egoic game of seek but do not find. The thing is, though, the tower by the lesbian bar in Atlanta is not the only tower in the city. Atlanta's big. It's got a lot of towers. There were plenty of other red blinking lights in the sky. So the skill about navigating by the tower, then, is the ability to pick the right one to orient yourself to. And this took a bit of practice on my part. Sometimes I'd end up in the completely wrong place and go, well, huh, well, maybe that wasn't the right tower. <laughs> Let's look again. <laughs> I, remember, I remember one night, my friend and I were together, and we were trying to get back to her apartment after a night of bar hopping. I'm going to let you make assumptions about that. And she assured me, she assured me on that trip that she would be my navigator. Because I'm like, I don't know. I'm not sure where we are. And she's like, I got you. I got you. I'll tell you where to go. We got in the car. Within three seconds of getting in the car, she passed out. <laughs> okay, we're just going to sleep here. <laughs> because I don't know where I'm going. So I started off tower there's the tower so I started off I got lost I picked the wrong tower what I found that night though was the church near Piedmont Park that my father pastored when I was five years old Wow! I knew immediately where I was and how to get where I needed to be which means even in a world of false towers there are still guideposts for us if we're willing to be open to be open to them if we're willing to see them so how do we know then that we're following the wrong tower? Well, we feel stuck. We feel lost. We feel panicked. That's what I was. I'm sitting there, Hella, hey, wake up. Help me. <laughs> She's gone. We try everything we can think of to get back on track. Nothing seems to work. We beg for someone just make life a little easier some way, any way, get me unstuck. And this is exactly where the ego likes us to be wandering around helplessly. So when it offers up its options, we're going to be so grateful for some sort of direction, we just leap on it. And then we find sometime later, we've made a big circle. We're right back where we started. It's how the ego keeps us stuck in our littleness. It offers us a world filled with littleness. We don't even know our magnitude exists. We followed so many false towers, we don't even know what the real one looks like, even if we're staring straight at it. All we know is we can never find the sense of peace that we're pursuing. And we may feel it for a moment. We may get that moment of like, oh, there it is, and then stuck again. Jubilance, there's good news. We have a choice. We can keep choosing littleness. Of course, says we can do it a million ways. <laughs> or we can choose our glory. 
We can choose the magnitude of our higher divine self. Only our magnitude will be able to make life easier. Only by following the direction of the true tower will we arrive at that place of peace. So how do we navigate? According to our magnitude. Jesus said it. We intentionally seek God's realm first. And everything else. Everything else will fall into place. Breathe deeply. Sometimes in our effort to get stuck, unstuck from our littleness, <laughs> we spot the right tower to guide us. There it is. And then the ego goes, no, 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 no. That can't be it. That's wrong. For instance, there was a time, there was a time, way back when, when I was coming out of conservative Christianity into like progressive Christianity and then never mind Christianity and <laughs> going into the more, more of the metaphysical. There was a time when the, today's passage from Jesus, I was convinced that it was a false tower. That's because I was seeing it through the lens of the ego, which specializes in littleness instead of the lens of true magnitude. Now, though I realized it was the only tower, now, now I know. It's, this is the only tower to navigate by because it marks the exact spot where my magnitude lies. Just a reminder, strive first for the realm of God and God's righteousness, and all of these things will be given unto you. That's what it says, Matthew 6.33. And now my ego convinced me that this was a purely transactional instruction from Jesus. If you do this, I'll do that. If you seek God's realm and righteousness, you get the goodies. You win. You're a winner. Everybody, you get a car, and you get a car. Wow. <laughs> yeah, baby. Right. If you seek God's realm and righteousness, you get all that. You get wealth. You get fame. You get fortune. Everything your little heart desires. <laughs> if you seek God first, yeah. Huh? It's, the, it's the prosperity gospel. It really is. Down the street. So, you know, yeah, right. They're down there. <laughs> the one with the... So, I tried sister. that. I tried it. I, I wasn't sure... You know what it meant to seek God's realm and righteousness, but I did everything the ego told me to do. I prayed, I went to church, Sunday school, I tithed, I volunteered, said all the words of the creeds, believed in heaven and hell, and that some people were outside of God's grace. I was really good at it. I was good at being the good little follower. And despite all of that, I looked around and went, well, where's all the things? <laughs> I'm doing it. Where's all the things? <laughs> yeah. It is essential. Our reading from A Course in Miracles says this morning, it is essential that you accept the fact and accept it gladly that there is no form of littleness that can ever content you. To try as many as you wish. You are allergic to this message. You are free to try as many as you wish, but all you will be doing is delaying your homecoming. Y'all, I wasted a lot of time following that false tower. It was nothing but littleness. That's where it took me. And my first clue was to realize, <coughs> I got a clue. This is where I went, oh. I realized my ego's reading of this passage had completely stripped it of its actual context. Because I had just pulled that little line out. You know, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added unto you. So I went back and read the whole passage. This is, you know this passage, 
You hear it all the time. This is the one where Jesus talks about the lilies of the field and how they are clothed in ways that would make Solomon look like a slob and they didn't do anything to earn their glory. He talks about not worrying about what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, what you're going to eat. He talks about not striving for anything and here's the key in this bodily world of form. But to strive for God's realm, which isn't about anything out here. So here are the, these, these are the things. These are the things that God promises when you, this is, these are the things that are going to be added unto you when you seek first and follow the true tower. When you strive for inner peace, you reach outer peace. When you strive for inner joy, you receive outer joy. When you strive for inner love, you will find yourself physically surrounded by love. Jesus doesn't promise any of us an easy life out here. But he promises us an easy life in here. If we're willing to strive for it. If we're willing to trade all of the ego's littleness out here. For God's magnitude in here. And so how do we do that? Reasonable question. <laughs> Buddhist teacher Tara Brock reminds us of the Zen master's admonition that the most important thing to remember is the most important thing. Or the Jubilee slogan is, keep the main thing the main thing. And that invites us to meditate on what is our main thing. What are your true intention? What's your true intention in this life? What is it that you are striving for? Are you striving for littleness, for things of this world, its definition of success or wealth or recognition? Or are you striving for your magnitude, that inner love and joy and peace that is never shaken, that is never diminished by anything in the world that happens around us? What is your life dedicated to, jubilance? Which tower are you following? If you're feeling stuck right now, I'm going to bet that you're following the ego's tower, the one that says, seek but do not find. If that's where you are, I invite you, scan the horizon again. But don't look out here, look within. Seek that inner tower of God, the blinking light of love that leads us home to our magnitude. This is what it means to seek first God's realm and God's righteousness, to seek only that love and joy and peace that is within us. And it clothes us in glory that Solomon himself would envy. As Brock reminds us, alignment is the key to living into our intention of seeking first that inner realm of God's love and joy and peace. How aligned are you with your magnitude in any given part of your day? When a challenge or a frustration arises, how easily are you knocked back into the ego's world of littleness? You can spot the transition because you'll be in that place where it's more important for you to be right than it is to understand. You'll know you're back in littleness when you're having a grievance with someone or when you're judging someone else or when you're judging yourself or when you're posting all that on Facebook. Yeah. That never happens. You'll know you're in your littleness if you are stewing on past slights or seemingly lost opportunities or telling yourself the future will be better. Jubilance, there is nothing better than right now. The moment is the opportunity to choose again, to align yourself with God's will. Now remember, 
Will is intention and God is love. So when we say God's will, we're just saying that every moment is a chance to choose again, to align our will with ultimate love. This jubilance is an invitation to do the deep dive into your higher divine self, to dig down deep to find out what is your truest intention. Is it to be more loving or to be righter and more successful than people around you? Is it to experience a deep, unshakable inner peace? Or is it to have the world's approval? This is the time to notice which tower you've been navigating your life by up until this point. Has it taken you in circles? Are you feeling lost or stuck? A course in Lesson 190 of the workbook gives us a handy phrase to say whenever we realize that we are following a false tower, when we realize we're stuck and we're circling, we're spinning our wheels, this is what I invite you to say. Peace to such foolishness. Let's say it together. Peace, Peace to, to such foolishness. foolishness. The, the next line is really helpful too. The time has come to laugh at such insane ideas. The time has come, come to, to laugh, laugh at such insane ideas. ideas. Laughing is the last thing that we think about when we realize we've been following the false tower of littleness. Our ego convinces us to beat ourselves up for it, to berate ourselves for being so stupid, for falling for its tricks in the first place. And that too is a trick of the ego, to belittle ourselves even further for falling for its sleight of hand. The last thing though our ego ever wants to be is laughed at, which is why we must do it as often as possible. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Ridiculoso. <laughs> right. Peace to such foolishness. That's what you say. And then you laugh in the face of the ego's littleness and the tricks it has played on you. Lesson 190 also reminds us that choosing your magnitude, you can choose it intentionally by seeking God's realm of love and joy and peace, first and foremost. And it is a joyful celebration to do such, it says. The world you see does nothing. It has no effects at all. It merely represents your thoughts. And it will change entirely if you elect to change your mind and choose the joy of God as what you really want. Yourself is radiant in this holy joy, unchanged, unchanging, and unchangeable forever and ever. Jubilance, seeking God's realm first, simply means constantly being aware of your intention to always choose the joy of God and no matter what circumstance or situation you find yourself. If you are not at peace, if you are feeling stuck right now, all it means is you have chosen wrongly in this moment. But there's no shame. There's no guilt. There's no despair to experience. You don't have to repent or beat yourself up about it. All you got to do is breathe deeply. And choose again. And keep choosing. Until that peace that passes all understanding washes over you and clothes you in your magnitude just like the lilies of the field. Seek first God's realm jubilance. Seek it in here. It's not out there. Seek the realm in here. That peace, that love, that joy seek it in here and yes it shall be added unto you out here because that's all you'll see peace love and joy 
This is how you keep the main thing the main thing. And it's the only way, the only way to make your life easier. Oh, yeah. Thank you for joining us for Weekly Wisdom from Jubilee Circle. If you enjoyed the program, we hope that you'll support us by leaving a good review of this podcast wherever you download your shows. We also hope you'll support us in other ways, either by becoming a subscriber to our YouTube channel and our weekly newsletter, or by supporting us financially. You can find out how to do all of that by visiting our website at jubileecircle.com. Many thanks to Audio Coffee from Pixabay for supplying our podcast music. Join us again next week, and until then, take the words of Meister Eckhart with you. If the only prayer you ever say is thank you, that will be enough. We thank you for your time and wish you the kind of week that will leave you saying, oh yeah.